Welcome to the Faith Church Peshtigo podcast. You can find us online at faithpeshtigo.com. We're also on Facebook. Just search for Faith Church Peshtigo. Today's podcast features a conversation between Pastor Jay and Pastor Robbie talking about the sermon from May 10th, 2020. Hello, everyone. Welcome to another edition of the Faith Church podcast. I am your joyful host, Jay William, and joining me, as always, on the first one of the week is Roberto Haline. Hello, everybody. Good to have you with us today. Yeah, I started with a lie because your first name is not actually Roberto. No. Robert, well, it's Robert. If you were of Latino descent, you might pronounce it that way, and that would be appropriate because it is Robert. Okay. It'd be interesting. What's Otis in Latino descent? <laughs> I don't know if they have that word in Spanish. Because <laughs> I'd like to That's hear a good that. Question. Like Roberto Otis. They'd Otis. be like two O's. Roberto Otis. I think there'd be an accent over the I. Roberto Otis. Roberto Otis. I actually get Roberto a lot because. On, on junk mail, they say Robert, and they confuse the middle initial O as part of my first name. Yes. So I g- actually get a lot of mail to Roberto Helene. That makes so much sense. I, w- I would have gotten there eventually. I was still building towards that. My mind was blown by the the combination of those two. All right, well, I just stumbled onto something awesome, and I'm glad that I could that we could include our listeners. That's what you do best. Like including our listeners on that little nugget is amazing. That is, that's the goal of right. the podcast, right? To to include listeners in on our golden treasures that we discover. Indeed. That's kind of sappy, Robbie. Golden treasures. That's what I do best. That's what, what you I do, do best? best? Sappy? It's one of my many talents, being unhelpfully wow. sappy. I did not know that either. We're uncovering all kinds of things today. All right, well... Let's try to uncover some more stuff when it comes to the sermon. So you preached this weekend. We're in the Lord's Prayer, uh, and you preached on thy kingdom come, or your kingdom come, your will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. So as as you prepped it, as you preached it, uh, is there anything that went on behind the scenes with that? Anything that you kind of debated over or struggled with, or anything after you preached that you thought, oh, I'd like to to say something different about that, more about that? I think what made this one so difficult is it would be so easy to do an entire series on this topic. There's so many questions around it. There's so many different perspectives that we could communicate. There's so much scripture around this idea that it's difficult to narrow it down into, into how to communicate it in one message. And so it was, it was for me, actually a very helpful process in limiting myself to say, I, I, I don't want to go beyond the scope of what Jesus is doing in the prayer here. Like Jesus is not unpacking systematic theology in this moment. He is, he's trying to be helpful and simple in this. And so how do I do my best in, in my, uh, in my broken and clumsy way to try to make this simple? Um, and so that was really helpful for me in realizing how quickly I can get lost in peripheral debates and, and things that aren't central. And so having to leave all of that stuff on the cutting room floor and, and just get down to what is, what is the most simple understanding? What's the, the one takeaway that as I'm praying this, if I don't have this in my mind, I think I'm going to miss something essential in what Jesus is communicating. That, that was really helpful for me in my heart and, and actually helped 
in how I pray that prayer because I realize I, I often miss kind of those core issues. Um, does that make sense? Yeah. I, I feel think... like I communicated that in a convoluted way just now, but. No. Uh, well, I don't think so, but. Well, thank you. I I will reflect back what I heard you say because I think it's really it's really important that it's true. Jesus is giving instructions on how to pray. He's not giving systematic theology in this. However, there is still theology in there. It it's it's rooted in all of that, and yes. everything he says is completely true. So it's not a lesser version; it's a simpler version yes. in a lot of ways, which means that it is good to dig into those things and to have those endless um or to go down that rabbit hole as it were because you're mining for deeper and deeper truth and and richer understanding of that uh that you will be for until you until you die until you leave this place you will you could continue to pray that prayer and discover more and more what it means to pray that god's kingdom come but what i love about what you just said there i think is so important is that yes, it does go that deep. But what are what are the very simple steps, first steps that you need to make sure you're going down the right path of to mine all of those hmm. truths? Right. And so I love how you phrase that of the what is what do I need to know about this? What needs to come into my mind to make sure that I have access to all of those things? If I if I don't understand this, then I just completely um, miss the point. And so not to put you on the spot, but what, how would you rephrase that then? How would you say, what is the, as you were looking at that particular passage, is there a specific thought that you could restate as to how to make sure that as I'm praying that prayer, this is what I need to have in mind? Understanding that you just preached a whole sermon on that. So, but as you and I both know, sometimes people hear like so there are times where I get done preaching a sermon and then I go back and wish I could just say one sentence. Like if I could just go back and just make sure that I say, which I try to do in the conclusion. Um, mm. but sometimes mm-hmm. it doesn't quite get out, but, uh, I think that's a, that's an excellent question. I, th- I think, um, I, I, I think that the two things that stand out to me in terms of your, your kingdom come and your will be done, uh, understanding that idea of your your kingdom coming, like your kingdom come come close enough that I would be able to see it more clearly and experience more more fully and and interact with it more directly to have more of an awareness of it and a confidence in it, um, in spite of the fact that so often because of the circumstances around us, our our perspective and our perception is skewed, right? So that that essence of I don't have to understand every aspect of the kingdom of God to pray this. Part of it is asking that God would help me with that. Just bring it closer so mm-hmm. that I can have a better understanding of it and and grow in my awareness of it. And then that that idea of uh, your will be done, um, I, I, I just, I think for me, it was so helpful boiling it down to that sentence of help, help my heart to accept and delight in what you have determined already and and then help me to obey your desires that that you have so clearly and and, and lovingly declared for us in your word. Yeah, and you know, I'm just thinking about this now, so this has a chance to um, really sabotage the whole podcast. Hopefully not. Um, Perfect. But if you're hearing this right now, then that must mean it didn't. So 
that's good news. But when Jesus says that, there's a sense of, I don't want to say irony, but what do you think is going through Jesus' mind when he says, pray your kingdom come, your will be done, when he says with himself, he has brought the kingdom. Like the kingdom of God, the kingdom of heaven is at hand as Jesus is um, proclaiming the kingdom. That's, yeah, I think I think that's because it's more of a a perception issue right. on my side than it is a reality issue on God's side. I'm not asking for God to do something that he has not done right. yet. I'm asking him to to bring it closer to me in such a way that I would understand that he has already begun this process. Yeah. And, and, and one day, certainly, he will do so in such a way that everyone will be undeniably aware of what he has accomplished and who he is. But right now, as, as we anticipate that fullness, I'm asking, Jesus is, is reminding me that I should ask that the Father would help me yeah. to, to clear my perception in that. Yeah, it's so good. So obviously, as we think about questions that were asked, the big question in, a, in this kind of prayer is the big question. I think it's probably the number one question I get in ministry. Um, I, I don't have stats to back that up, but I would say it's uh, very frequent uh, is the question of how do I know the will of God? How do I discern mm. the will of God? So we pray your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And I think you did a great job in this, in the message uh, mentioning how, or, or pointing out that it is God's, it's God's will um, in, in both my life and in a, in a big picture sense. And then also in a very specific sense in, in my life. And, you had mentioned this, and this is something, whenever I get this question, I always want to start out with anybody by making sure that we really are on the same page and understanding that that you know, roughly 98%, I always say 98%, I don't know, I guess it probably could be, uh, or, or, or maybe a little bit less, I don't know, but I always say 98% <laughs> of, of the will of God for your life is explicitly stated in Scripture. And I think that's a really... Right. important thing to make sure that we're all on the same page with that we get so wrapped up in these in the details of these things like the things that we think are the big decisions like where should I live who should I marry um, what should my job be all of these different things are actually a very tiny percentage of of what God what it means what God's will means in my life the the vast majority of it uh Specifically, the great commandment, the great commission, all of the one another's in scripture, all of the way, the, the character and nature and what happens to our image as we're being formed in the image of Jesus. It's interesting. We talk all the time about being formed into the image of Christ. Uh, and I think anybody who's a Christian would acknowledge that, yes, that is that is that sanctification process uh, that I'm formed into the image of Jesus but none of us thinks of that in terms of I'm going to be a carpenter and a rabbi. Like mm. none of us mm -hmm. thinks about that because, because we don't think about when we think about what is most important about being formed in the image of Jesus, none of us thinks about his vocation or, no. or any of that um, almost to a fault where we've talked about, we, we don't talk about following him in the way that he goes about those things, but we don't think about, well, then I must, I've got to move to the middle East and I've got to, you know, be trained as a carpenter or anything like that. Buy a pair of sandals. And wear sandals, like, because those are not the things that, um, that are the most important. And so I think 
I want to make sure, um, and I used, we were talking about this illustration before, but if I took one of my kids out to eat, um, my will for them in that moment is like, my whole will is that I want them to enjoy going out for a meal with me. And if they get there and they are really stressed about, should I order a turkey sandwich or a ham sandwich? They're completely missing the point. And if I, if they end up, if, I mean, they would never do this because my children are perfect angels and they behave constantly 100% of the time in public um, and in private and in all moments. But if they were to happen to have a moment where they, if they went into this restaurant and they started flipping out and they were rude to the server and they were rude to me and they were, um, you know, they were just an all around jerk. And then it comes time to the meal and they're like, well, what should I order? Should I order a ham sandwich or a turkey sandwich? I would legitimately look at them and say, because I want to please you, dad. Right. Because I want to please you. I just went, you tell me which one should I order? I would be like, uh, let's not talk about the sandwich. Let's talk about how you've spoken to people, how you've interacted with people, how you've treated me and others. Um, because that's what really matters at the end. I, I don't really care if they order a ham sandwich or a turkey sandwich. Either one is good. I want the vast majority of what I want for them is how do they love God? How do they love others? How do they obey him? So, so that's where my mind first goes, but Robbie, what do you, what do you think about that? What do you, where, where does your mind go when people ask you that question of like, how do I know the will of God? I think, I think that's really good. I think I, I like your illustration. I think it's important for us to acknowledge in that, that we're not trying to, we're trying to tr- clarify it, not trivialize it. Right. So we're not trying right. to say, Oh, all of your big questions and problems are like, ordering a sandwich. Um, they're more like it than we want to believe, but but we're not trying to trivialize it. We're just trying to provide better perspective. And so what when I first saw this question, what I first thought of was, why do we ask this question? Why um, why are our hearts prone to always go back to this this wanting to know what the will of God is for our life and not not the 98%, but the 2%, right? The, the, what is the trajectory that he has planned for me? What is, what is the vocation, the job that he wants for me? Who does he want me to be with all those things that, that are impossible for us to know? Um, and really only a handful of people throughout human history get, you know, only one person ever got a burning bush saying, this is what I want you to do. And this is how I want you to do it. But we all desire that we want to have that. And, and, I think one of the reasons is because we want to know the plan, right? We want to be on the right path and, and we want to know, we want to be able to plan out our life and, uh, and we don't want to miss that. Um, and I, I think part of that is we think we want to know the plan, but the reality is more often than not, you know, we, we think we have good reasons why we're asking for this, but God has better reasons why he doesn't answer. So if you, if you look at Joseph as kind of the typical example of God's will in spite of bad decisions and planning and, and even overt sin, if, if God had laid out for Joseph, hey, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to make your brothers so bummed at you that they're going to throw you into a pit and want to murder you. But then they'll decide that feels a little extreme. So instead, they'll just sell you into slavery. And then while you're a slave... You're going to be falsely accused of sexual assault because you righteously refuse to have an affair with your boss's wife, and then you're thrown into prison. Like, you would hear all of that and go, that's the worst. I don't want any of that. I'm not going to do that. That's, that's ridiculous. 
even though from our perspective, we see that's the exact path that had to happen in order to put Joseph in second command of all of Egypt so that he could not only save Egypt, but save all of Israel. Um, but then even on the other side of that, even if God just gave him the good news, right, and said, hey, here's my plan for you. I'm going to make you second in command of Egypt. Joseph, no doubt, would have pursued that in a horrible and self-defeating way. He would not have chosen the path that was required for him to get there. He would have tried under his own power, which we actually get a little glimpse of him doing, right? Because he gets that dream about how his brothers are all going to bow down to him. And what does he do? He immediately runs to all of his older brothers and says, hey, I just had this dream that you're all going to bow down to him, which is kind of a jerk little brother move, and which is why they got bummed at him in the first place. So we think that it would be better for us to know the plan, but it's oftentimes, I think, God's grace and his love for us that he says, I, you're, you're not ready yet. I need you to get to this certain place before I can even present you with this next step, because if I gave it to you right now, you, you would, it would fill you with fear or defeat or arrogance or whatever. He, he needs to lead us on that. I think another reason that we want to know is because we're afraid. We're afraid that we're going to miss God's will, that he has some really big, huge, important plan for us and that we're going to bungle it because I'm going to, I'm going to choose to go to the path on the left instead of the path on the right. And, and I think that just, that denies, unintentionally denies God's sovereignty in that, that what he has declared will take place is going to take place. And I cannot overpower him with my terrible decision-making skills. Like he's, if he has declared it's going to happen, it's going to happen. Um, and then thirdly, I think we, we don't want to waste time, right? We don't, we don't want to waste time not being in his will. We want to get there as in, into his will, whatever we think that looks like. We want to get there as soon as possible because we don't want to waste time. And, and unfortunately, then we just end up inadvertently wasting time by not believing that we are currently in his will right now. And so I'm so worried about what am I supposed to do once I get to God's will for my life that I'm not walking in his will right now. I don't believe that he has me right where I am at this moment. And because I'm too worried about tomorrow, even though Jesus fairly plainly says, therefore, do not be anxious about tomorrow, for tomorrow will be anxious for itself. Uh, sufficient for the day is its own trouble. Like all, all the commands, the 98% that you talked about are all things that are done right now, right where we are in the present. They're not commands that say like, once you arrive at some vision of God's will, then you start doing these things wherever you are, whatever you do in word and deed, do all to the glory of God. Yeah, I think, I think that's a really important thing for people to hear right now. So when you think about different people who are asking this question to the person who says, I'm afraid that I missed, basically, I'm afraid I missed the boat. I'm afraid I chose the wrong path. Um, and some of that is really hard and heavy things. I, I had a really good friend uh, who got married um, and his whole desire was to be a missionary and to go overseas. And after he got married, his wife changed her mind and decided she didn't, she didn't want to do that. And it, and it crushed him. And he was paralyzed by this idea that mm. he made the wrong choice in, in his wife and so there are people who are in really painful situations, whether it's in a marriage or a job or 
where they're living and they feel like it didn't work out the way that they thought it would and they should have moved to the other place or done the other thing to that person i want i want to encourage you by saying that this should be an encouragement that 98 percent of god's will for your life is and, and really i i would argue 100 percent then <laughs> is able to be um re- realized right now from this moment forward like it doesn't God, our father is a good father and he doesn't withhold any good gift. And so the idea that you could go down a road and then therefore he is going to stop blessing you as you turn to him is, is not found in scripture. Now that doesn't mean there aren't consequences or there aren't realities that come about because of those decisions, but the reality for God is still like you can, um, you like my counsel to my friend when he was in that situation i i said to him like well your god's will for your life is to be married to your wife because you're married to her so that's <laughs> now that's now the right person i don't know what i don't know who you maybe in some other imaginary world you were supposed to marry or something with her or whatever but you are now married to her and so i can tell you what his will is he tells you explicitly what his will is for your marriage um he tells you explicitly what his will is for the job that you're working in. If you're working in a job that you think you're not supposed to be in, but he addresses specifically how you are to work and labor in that job. Um, if you're in the wrong, if you are like, Oh, we chose the wrong neighborhood, the wrong town. He gives you explicit instructions on how to love your neighbor, regardless of, of where you are. And what's so beautiful about that is it's not like a choose your own adventure book that you messed up. And now hopefully you can work your way back into the center of his will in any given moment, because of the grace of God and because of our the, the promise of the Holy Spirit dwelling in us and because of the blood of Jesus, we are able to be in the center of God's will in any given moment. So that's one thing I really want to make sure that people who are stressed about that kind of thing, that you would feel some freedom in that and say, like, right now, you can be in, in the center of God's will. Um, that was like a little rant. I'm not supposed to rant on these, am I? That's good. Aren't podcasts basically like just recorded rants? I suppose. I feel like that's the Nate. That is the definition of a podcast. Okay. Well, then I feel I feel safe doing that. Then um, I do also want to though mention that the so that so we have that person. We have the person who says, "What what if I made the wrong decision and how do I live in that now?" Um, so hopefully that was encouraging to them. Then we have other people who ask that question about some future decision, and really what they're looking for is just to justify whatever it is that they want to do. So they, 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 and I, and I meet with people like that and, and I struggle with that um, at different times where I have to really like start to look at my motives and say, okay, I'm, I'm asking counsel or I'm saying, I don't know what the will of God is, but that's because what I really want is this here. And I'm just trying to find the verse or the person to give me the justification so that I feel um, at peace with, with going after that thing. And so, right. um, when I, when I caution people with that, I, I tend to, the, the hard, really basic questions we have to ask ourselves is, is what is done in faith? Because we know as Hebrews 11 says that without faith, it is impossible to please God. So even if you could magically know the right answer to your point about Joseph, even if he knew he was supposed to be second in command in Egypt, if he went in his own power and did that on his own and figured out, like rallied a bunch of troops and went in there and took it by force or whatever, that would not have been out of faith in God and it wouldn't have been pleasing to God. Um, and so 
how we go about those decisions are so much more important than what the actual result of the decision is. And so in faith, seeking first the kingdom, desiring God to be glorified in my life, if you if you're girded by that and you're constantly falling back on that and saying that that's my heart, that's my motivation, um, then then the actual answer that you come to um, may, may be less consequential than you think. Um, does that make sense? It does. So I'm glad that we have each other here because we can say something and then ask if that makes we sense. Af- we can affirm one <laughs> another in that. Well, and, somebody's, and it, while somebody's listening and saying, it, no, it does not. Right, while well, Christoph in silence is just shaking his head <laughs> in disapproval of what we're saying. Uh, it, it takes me back to Joseph again. Like that, You see in each of those scenarios that he, he, he finds himself a slave, and what does he do? He works faithfully. He works to the glory of God, and God blesses him in that. Uh, and then in choosing to do the right thing, he's then imprisoned. And we don't see him looking back and going, oh, wow, maybe it was God's will that I should have accepted her proposition. Like he says, like, I can't do this. I can't sin against God and my boss in this way. And yet he finds himself in prison. But then it says, as he's in prison, he serves faithfully and is, and is blessed because he says, well, now I'm in prison. So now I have to serve God faithfully where he has me right now. And, and I, I, to me, that's just such a, a clear reminder of, of what you're saying of, of wherever it is we find ourselves. Our, God's will for us is that we walk in what he has explicitly commanded us today, right now. Yeah, and I think, I mean, yeah, yeah. so Paul would be another example of that, that, you know, he chooses, there are times where he says, you know, that I wanted to come to see you, but the whole, the spirit, you know, forbid, you know, he directed me a different way. And it would be really easy for him to go a different way, end up in prison and then say, ah, man, I must have, I chose the wrong path. And so it is a really important reminder that hard circumstances do not at all mean that you are in the wrong, like you're not in the center of God's will. And, um, and so that's a, that's an important piece, but I'm also thinking then of the person that says, okay, well, what if, all right, so I, I get all that. I get that. I am called to if whatever situation I find myself in, I can obey the will of God in any given moment, regardless of my previous choices, regardless of, um, of whatever path that I chose in any given moment, but then the question is, okay, but what then if I still have, I have these situations in front of me, like I, I have a job decision to make in front of me. I have a, a house decision to make in front of me. Um, I, I often like some of that stress can come off when you realize like sometimes God is just giving you like his gift to you is his giving you the choice in, in which one you want. Like sometimes, sometimes it is as simple as he's saying, well, which one do you want? I had a pastor one time who um, was being asked, the person was trying to decide between which house to buy, and they were really stressing over, I just want to do the Lord's will. I want to know which which house is, I just want God to tell me which house he wants me to live in. And uh, his response to the person was, well, for goodness sake, which one can you afford? <laughs> and it was like this idea of, well, which which one which one makes more sense? Which one is being you know a good steward? And are you doing that in faith? Because sometimes you think like, oh, well, faith would be the bigger change or the or the more stress or whatever. And that's not that's not necessarily faith. It could be. 
but but faith is just doing it in, in trusting God for how he's going to take care of that. And so sometimes it is, well, which one he's saying, do you want a ham sandwich or a turkey sandwich? They're both good. Which one would you like? And and his and his plan for us, his will for you is is that you would commune with him. Like me taking mm-hmm. my child out to eat and then he ends up let's say he buys you know, he orders a sandwich that he thinks I would like to try. That that's kind of an example of doing it in faith. It's like I'm doing this um to to enhance my communion with my dad as we as we have this meal together. And that's a beautiful thing. That's, Which is very different than saying, I better order the turkey sandwich because dad's going to be angry at me right. if I order the ham sandwich. And, and I, I want him to be pleased with me. So I need to make sure that I order the correct sandwich is, is irrational. Right. That would actually be an unhealthy relationship, especially if that were true. If if you were just waiting right. to see which sandwich Lydia chooses, so that if she chooses the turkey instead of the ham, you would you would blast her for her for uh, failing to discern your will and walk in it. That would that would be an, a weirdly manipulative father, and that is not at all the way no. our heavenly Father is. No, most of our confusion, I would argue, around the will of God is. Well, I guess I could say all of our confusion around the will of God is is our own sin, whether it's our blindness to seeing him like you're talking about the holding the quarter up and hiding the mountain uh, or if it's just our own unwillingness to confront other desires in our heart um, because reality is like let's say it's a question of which job to take or which house to live in, neither one of those things is going to fulfill you so if if you pursue either of those things as the thing that'll make you happy, well, now that's an idol. And so now that is, that is sin and that's destructive and that's not going to end well. And so I think that's why, that's why it's so important to get counsel and from people who will love you and who will say, say to you at different times, you know, if you get good godly counsel from people who love you enough to say hard things, then you may end up hearing from them saying, you know, you've always seemed to find your security in this thing. Yeah. And so I, I'm, I'm concerned about you choosing that because it seems like this is something that you're, you're kind of idolizing and you think that, well, as long as I have this, then I'll be happy. Um, and then you could have another situation where people say, you know what, those are both really good options and I don't see anything that, that you seem to be idolizing in it. And those are, that's it's not black and white like that that's when we say man I, I wish we had it spelled out but like you said we we think we want to know that but we don't we don't really we can't handle it and our father knows that um and you've even given a preview into next week's sermon so next week's sermon is give us this day our daily bread and so in that we'll be i'll be talking about that daily dependence on god and and trusting him and how that's actually a good gift from him that it's daily that it's not it's not all at once because we can't that's too much for us to handle you know it would be like me giving my seven-year-old all of the all of her inheritance or all of the money that she will ever have like somehow getting an advance on all the money she would ever earn in her entire life and give it to her now and expecting her to be able to handle that or make good decisions with that she won't She, she wouldn't she'd blow it all and on dolls on american girl dolls um, almost assuredly, <laughs> and and it would which which comes back to the the idea that we we forget that we are being fathered well. Yes, 
that this is this is not uh, some disconnected, omniscient power. It is our Father in the heavens. It is it, 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 we are we are being parented well the, the the way that our earthly parents could not ever because we are limited um but he is in no way limited he is in no way limited in his compassion in his patience in his mercy in his steadfast loving kindness and and when i am able to step back and trust that his revealing or not revealing what the next step is supposed to look like is because it is it is done so in in perfect compassion in as he perfectly fathers me that's why i can say well then i then i don't have to be anxious about tomorrow because my father's got this yeah that's good well i hope that i hope that that's encouraging to people i hope that the the big thing that i hope people take away from this and from your sermon this weekend as far as the will of god is i I love that that we are fathered well and if, I think if all of us, if we spent more time considering how can I be faithful in this moment, how do how am I faithful today, the rest of the stuff would, I, find, I think we'd find a lot of it takes care of itself. Um, it is the very Absolutely. fact that we worry about tomorrow. It's the very fact that we stress about some of these things that our Father does not design for us to stress about those things. He wants us to trust him today. And so our, my encouragement anyway, to our church family and, and right now is a really good example where, um, we have a lot of people who are trying to project and like, well, what are we going to do if this happens, if the government says this, if we do this or whatever, our desire, yeah, we want to be wise and we want to look ahead. It's, it's not unwise to plan ahead or to think ahead, but it's unwise to trust in our, our foreknowledge or our, our, our predetermined, like our ability to make all these things happen, most of our energy should be spent on, okay, how, how am I faithful today? How do I love God right now? How do, I, how do I do the job that I have right in front of me in a way that glorifies God? How do I act in faith? How do I love the person in front of me? And these are the things that we should be focused on. Amen to that. All right. Well, we hope that this podcast has been helpful to you. And uh, if it has been, free subscribe. Feel free to leave a, a review and so other people can find it more easily and be looking for our second podcast later this week. Mm-hmm.